morning, everyone. So this week, we hope, of course, this is a different week. It should look different from the rest of your life. Right? This is the week of our redemption, um, and it should look different in your home. There should be more silence. There should be more prayer time. Um, as I say every year, um, you should take Friday off from your job. If your boss is being mean about that, I am happy to write you a note, or I will give her a call and chew her out. Um, when Christians take our redemption seriously, the culture has to accommodate us. And we need to do that on Good Friday. That's important. So I'm counting on you being there. And so today I'm not going to talk as much about the cross. Because this week you're going to immerse yourself in those mysteries of the Lord's passion. I don't normally read many novels. Um, something's wrong with me. I'm like, I like reading heavy theology, and I'm like, novels are kind of boring, and I don't read too many of them. But uh, probably a year ago, one of our staff members gave me a novel, and I actually started reading this one. And so I'm almost finished with it, but I've been reading a book called um, All the Light We Cannot See. Uh, it's a modern novel, and it's, it's quite good, actually. Uh, and it's a story of a, it's a compelling story. Uh, the story centers around a young girl, uh, Marie Lore, who is a French girl. And when the novel starts, she's six years old in Paris at the outbreak of World War II. And one of the most compelling parts of this novel that make it really, makes it really interesting is that she's blind. And so there's this blind young girl who has to learn her ways through the streets of Paris by memory and by sounds and smells and touch. And there's an irony that the author wants you to see as you read this novel. It's a compelling image. And the image, of course, is one that's common in our world, is that oftentimes those who are blind see things better than those who can see. And so this beautiful young girl has a heart. And even though she can't see the world around her, she knows something deeper as the world kind of descends into chaos and evil and darkness as World War II descends on Paris. Beautiful novel. Today I want to talk to you about Blindness and sight. Blindness and sight. The Gospels love this theme. They absolutely love it. And if you're going to understand Scripture right, you know this. If you're going to understand what God wants to say to you, the word He wants to speak to your heart, right? If you want to understand that, brothers and sisters, when we read the Passion narrative, it goes really fast. You've got to sit with it. You've got to let it percolate. You have to let it penetrate that heart of yours. Today, right, the, the scriptures, one of the things that I want to point out to you is the scripture loves that image of blindness and sight. And in the scriptures, oftentimes what happens is that those who should see the most, 
those who have the biggest advantage, those who could really know something about God and the world and what life is about, oftentimes they are the ones who are truly blind. So one obvious example of this, right, is when Saul, in Acts chapter 9, he has everything that he needs to know who Jesus is. If anyone should understand that he was truly the Messiah, it should have been Saul. If anyone was equipped, it was him. Right? He's studying under one of the most famous rabbis of the first century, Gamaliel. Right? He's super well educated. He runs in all those like, kind of high circles, just like you. Right? And Paul misses who Jesus is. And so much so, right, that he persecutes the church. And in Acts chapter 9, when Jesus appears to him, when he's on the road to Damascus and he falls to the ground, right, Jesus speaks to him. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he said, Lord, he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. The story goes on, but Saul arises from the ground, and when his eyes were open, he could see nothing. He could see nothing. Why does all this matter, talking about the passion? In Mark's gospel, brothers and sisters, the very, we, we didn't start there today, but the very last thing before Jesus enters Jerusalem the last thing he does on his way to the cross is that he heals a blind man. And so in Mark 10, at the end of Mark 10, he comes to Jericho, and there's a man named Bartimaeus. By the way, Mark names him almost certainly because people in the community he was writing to knew Bartimaeus. They knew him. And Jesus is on his way, right? He's on his way to the cross. Everything he's been doing, his whole life, his whole mission is on its way to the cross. And one of the things that the gospel wants to say to us, brothers and sisters, is that you and I are blind. And the gospel is a story about how Jesus will make those who can see to become blind, and he will make those who cannot see to have sight. And so Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Master, let me receive my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. The story of the gospel, all through Jesus' ministry, he's healing people, he's curing the sick, He's giving sight to the blind. He's raising the dead. And people don't get it. And what the church and what Jesus wants to say to us is that the thing that ultimately will heal the world of its blindness is the amazing, uncomprehensible love of Jesus Christ on the cross. Bartimaeus will follow Jesus into Jerusalem. Jesus says, go on your way. Your faith has made you well. Immediately he received his sight and followed him on 
the way. The way is the first name for Christianity. This story of Bartimaeus is a story about you. This is a story about you. The Christian is the person who was blind and who the Lord healed. If you've got blindness in your life right now, maybe you don't love God enough. Going into this week, maybe you're like, Father Brian, I want to be deeper in my faith. I'm not there yet. That's a great prayer. What a wonderful prayer to Jesus this week to say, Lord, I want to love you more. I don't. I don't fully get it. Other people seem to get it. I want to love you more than I do right now. Jesus, will you heal my blindness? Lord, I've lived this life where I've lived just like everybody else. I live as if heaven is not real. I live as if the things that matter are the things of earth. Jesus, will you heal my blindness? Lord, I don't know that I'm loved. I don't really believe that you could love me, a miserable sinner. Jesus, will you heal my blindness? The only thing, brothers and sisters, that can heal the world of this is the passion of Christ. Here's what you have to do. Maybe you've been going to church your whole life. Maybe you haven't. I don't know. This week, there's an amazing opportunity, but God will not force himself on you. But if you can open that heart of yours, if you could open that heart of yours and say to the Lord, and I think the deepest thing for all of us is, Lord, I don't know that you could really love me. I know you can love that person next to me in the two pews up. But Lord, could you really love me? If you open that heart of yours this week, Jesus can heal your blindness. The early Christians, I want to leave you with this today, with our entrance into Jerusalem. The church fathers, when they read today's gospel at the beginning of Mass for the triumphal entry, they see a lot of things that are symbolic. And I was praying with this this week, and it's so beautiful. I love the way the fathers see this. The way the fathers see this is that coming into Jerusalem... There are, there's a, the, the colt and the donkey, and they're bound, they're tied. That word is used all throughout the New Testament for someone who is bound by their sin. And the fathers of the church, one of the things they see is they say those, that donkey that's tied is not an image of a, just a literal donkey, it's that too, but it's an image of the soul bound by sin and by Satan. The story of a Christian is that the apostles are sent. The message of the church, the apostles on whom the church is built, the apostles are sent and they unbind that soul that is bound by sin. And then the Lord finds his throne on that soul 
which makes its way to Jerusalem, which is the city of the living God. That's my story, I hope. The story of someone who was bound by sin and who this week, right, with the great, amazing things God does this week in our lives, the church through Jesus set me free from the the sin that bound me so that I might enter the heavenly Jerusalem. Here's what St. Ambrose, the way he says it is this. St. Ambrose says, he was in a village and a colt was tied there in an ass. It could not be loosened, saved by the command of the Lord. Amen. Lord, I was tied, I was bound, and my sin was too big for me to overcome. It was only your command that could do it. Such was the means, such the life, such the grace. And Ambrose says to you and to me, he says, if you have been loosed of your sin, if you have tasted the love and the freedom of Jesus Christ, you are called to be like those two apostles that set others free from their binding in Satan. So Ambrose says, be you of such a kind that you also may loose those that are bound. This is the week that you and I are freed. Right? This is the moment, brothers and sisters, this week, wherever you're at. And I want to do this in my own life this week. It's to open my heart, right, that so easily closes to God. And Jesus, this week, open my heart. Lord, I have blindness. I have sin that binds me. But Jesus, your humility has raised me up. Lord, your power has freed me from my sins. Lord, open my heart this week. Jesus, may your death give us life.